Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. We are so glad to be spending our Valentine's Day together. You can be seated if you're in the room, but I don't want you to lean back. I want you to stay leaned in. You know, as we were talking about Valentine's Day falling on a Sunday and getting ready to celebrate it together, we thought it would be such a great opportunity to get to talk about the love of God today, to get to talk about, you know, the true love that we find in God alone. There's so many. I think love kind of has a bad rap in some ways these days because it's caught up in so many external things and so many people even have, um, you know, a downward thought about what it means to be in love. And, and as more generations come up experiencing places where love has been broken, they feel disheartened that they can even find a love that will accept them just as they are, that they can find a love that will walk with them through every season. But the book of John, in chapter 13 tells us that it's our love for one another, right? It's the way that we express his love. If we have that verse in John 13, John 13 says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. The way that we demonstrate, not love that comes in a card, not love that looks like chocolates or flowers, the way we demonstrate the eternal love of God that he has given to us, to one another, right? We receive that love and then we give that love back out to one another. And that becomes the external visible demonstration to other people of the radical love that God has given us. What a cool thing that is. What a cool part it is we get to play in his story. So today we wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about that. So I have some people who are going to come and join me. We're going to have a panel together if you guys want to make your way this way. We also have a number available that you can text in questions to this panel today. We have some things that we're going to be discussing about how we express our love one to another. But uh, we also want you to be part of it. We know we have some questions, some things that you're facing right now or moments that you've been wanting to know about. So the number, I think is on the screen. Can we get the number on the screen? There we go. The number is 567-226-3681. Just text your questions in straight to that. We're going to leave it up throughout the panel. That way you can text in your questions. Phil's going to be, uh, I think, getting those, right? Sure. Yeah, Phil's going to be getting like the I questions. I more hands right now. I know. I'm coming. Those are mine. Thank you. Okay, what a servant. See? It's love. Um, here we go. I just wanted to say as well, because I don't want you to log off. I certainly don't want you to run out of the room because it hurts my feelings and my ego can't handle it. That we're not only going to be talking about marriage today, because I know like all the single people just went, Lord, it's Valentine's Day and I made the effort to come to church. No, we're going to be talking as well about what our love looks like in all of our relationships and even how God speaks to us in every season of our life. So you guys ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Come on. You ready? Perfect. Does that mean you want to go first? Um, sure. So we're just going to take a minute. I'd love for everyone just to tell everyone maybe quickly who you are, where you are in this season of life, all of that. So kick us off. Yeah, my name is Tony Gordon. Um, I come to you by way of the state up top. 
um, the one that's better. Um, Canada. Feel that in your spirits. Feel that right here. Michiganders, where are you? Michigan. Michigan. Thank you. Uh-oh. I knew y'all were here. I knew you did not tell us that before we invited you. On I told time. you to vet better. You didn't vet better. Um, no, I. <laughs> that wasn't part of the question. You didn't tell us. Um, no, but I come by way of Michigan. I'm here. I serve at Bowling Green State University. And yeah, I am the single mingle here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> we need to get your number up there in case anybody's interested. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Can you guys figure there's that out a blessing there? in there. No <laughs> uh, I think Sarah volunteered you guys to go next. Yeah. My name is Christian. Uh, I'm the youth leader and the online campus leader here. And um, we're just happy to be a part of the, the staff here at Cornerstone. And we're working really hard in the ministry. And uh, side by side every single day. We work right across from each other. It's pretty awesome. Yep, my name's Sarah. I met this guy in college and followed him all the way to Toledo. I love it here. I love serving alongside him and alongside such amazing people. Yeah. Love How it. long have you guys been married? We've been married for a year and a half. Yeah. Almost fresh. Woo! Almost too. Fresh Come married. on. <laughs> Still going strong. Yes. Oh, yeah. You guys have been married a little bit longer than a year and a just half, a, right? Just, <laughs> a just a little bit. <laughs> We've been married for 34 years. All right. Come on. Yes. I'm Fred, and uh, we came from a lot of different places. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that'll be a lovely transition to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, but most recently from the south, from Arkansas, uh, we've been in Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, uh, Kentucky. We've, we've been a lot. Michigan. Isn't there a song about that? And I've not been Michigan, everywhere. Not that state <laughs> Not Michigan, north, right? Not that state up north, but. I serve with the, uh, the team at the downtown campus, yeah. and I am the uh, life group leader at the downtown campus. Come on. Awesome. Right. Come on. Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Angela um, Coleman. Yes, we've been married for 34 years. There's a whole lot of in between that. And, uh, but we thank God for it. I serve at the downtown campus on the praise and worship team among some of the most amazing, amazing people yeah. and just yeah. honored to be a part of um, our life's journey um, in this season in our lives with um, a beautiful Cornerstone family. Yeah. Come on. We're so glad to have you guys here. Yeah. Thank you. And we are Phil and Meredith, and we've been married for almost nine years. Next month. Yeah. And I also followed my spouse from Sydney, Australia, to Toledo, Ohio. That's right. And uh, every winter, I wonder why. (laughs) This is the time of year where I have to really help him refocus on, you know? Well, you know, social media doesn't help when you're connected to everybody still that you went to school with or whatever, and then they're like, oh, hey, I'm on the beach. And I'm like, I'm not. (laughs) I'm sitting inside again. Yeah. but I, uh, I moved to the States for a girl and stayed here for our church. Yeah. And I um, just love both incredibly. Oh, so, yeah. That's right. Married my best friend. Come on. All right, before we jump into more meaningful questions, quick response, one word answer. We'll start with Fred, go all the way around. You hear Valentine's Day, you think? My birthday. Yes, yeah, today is Fred's birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. I think family, and well, family slash food. Oh, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think um, box, as, yeah, which doesn't make sense, so I needed more words. You're only supposed to get one word. <laughs> but watch me use more. Um, but, but I think box, as in the sense, like, 
I don't like to be put in a box, and I feel like Valentine's Day makes it like you have to express love on this day. And so I like to use 365 days to express Aww. love, not just the box of so Valentine's you, Day. You can you're use that You're so cute. <laughs> Thank you. That is so cute. Adorable. Adorable. <laughs> I hear Valentine's Day, I think chocolate. Ah. Yeah. yeah, which I like, but really I think chocolate because this guy is the one who gets chocolate. He loves, loves chocolate. Oh. And then you eat it often as well. Well, sharing is caring. Yeah. <laughs> Industry. It is booming right now. Right? Yes. Flowers. I'm in the yeah. wrong field. I need to change where I need to be because it's booming. <laughs> Flowers and everything. Yeah. It's true. I'm going to say two words. Ooh. Fancy fun. I think of fancy, fancy fun when I think of fancy Valentine's fun. Day. Fancy fun. I like that. Fancy Dress fun. up. Go, mm. yeah. Something a little extra. I get extra. that. I get that. Absolutely. I think Hallmark every time. It's just like, <laughs> they were like, what other day of the year can we make? What other cards, day? you know, for them. God bless. Winter's Walmart. getting a little slow. Yeah. Right. We need Christian. to throw another day in the, uh, the calendar year to make what I'm saying. things Industry. happen. Yeah. You know, writing cards. We agree. I'm in, let's go. You and I, we'll write cards. Yeah. Work for Hallmark. I'm into it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get into some, some juicier stuff. You ready? Ready. Ready. Okay, one of the things I was thinking about um, is that you guys have just kind of started your relationship, right? Yep. So as you stepped into it, what do you think are some fundamental, foundational elements that you have been focusing on in this season? Yeah, um, a lot of it is organizing our spiritual life just as much as our physical life. Um, Going on date nights is really great. Uh, making sure you schedule time in to have fun, to, to connect, to talk, but to take um, time in your week to um, sow, sow into God, to mm -hmm. really fill yourself up with the Spirit, to really sow yourself um, uh, seeds of faithfulness. And because whatever comes out of me is what she's going to get. So if bad is in me, she's going to get bad. You know, mm -hmm. she's going to get bad moods. She's going to get, you know, frustration. But if there's good inside of me, if I'm in God's word, then she's going to get the benefits of that. I love it. Yeah, I thought about it in terms of words of like, what would I use to describe our fundamentals or the foundations of our marriage, especially we were together for quite a few years before. So we were able to really outwork yeah. what we saw. And so we have established Sabbath days where we have one day a week where we turn off our phones. We don't you know, we'll maybe go out, but the whole purpose is to come back and center ourselves right. individually and together around God. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say honesty, like brutal honesty is way better than flattering words. <laughs> Always tell the truth. And um, sex challenges. That's it. Mm -hmm. Explain Absolutely. that. What did you just say? So <laughs> can, we, can we be real here? <laughs> yeah. This morning, somebody cut their mic real quick. <laughs> Still in that honeymoon phase. Of oh, yeah. You got to keep the love alive. Um, no, so we follow this one couple on a podcast, and they talk about doing sex challenges. Whether you are fr freshly married or been married for 20 years, 30 years, this couple have been married for 20, and they talk about, you know, having like a three-day sex challenge. It is exactly what it sounds. You have sex three days consecutively, you just did a sex challenge, and it brings us together physically. It, um, Someone's clapping over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I came back to an awkward clap, like, please move on. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm sweating. Think... 
<laughs> Tony, what do you have to say about this? I'm just I mean. <laughs> right, like, okay, first of all, sex is blessed, right? Like, so yep. don't be awkward about right. it. It's I'm nothing to be awkward about. Mm-hmm. If you're married, that is something you are blessed Come on. in. So Come on. do that thing. Keep your love alive. Um, but foundations for me. Amen. Um, <laughs> for the me, uh, patience, right? Like yeah, learning right. to be patient in this True. season, in this time for myself. Identity is another thing. Um, learn yourself, right? Yeah. Learn, learn who you are. So good. Um, being patient and learning who I am, rediscovering myself, what this means for me to be right. single, right? Yeah. Like, what, what does that mean? And oftentimes, that word is like taboo, right? Like you tell people you're single, they're like, oh, so when you're getting married, are you yeah, even yeah. looking? <laughs> but can I discover who I am first? Right. Like, can right. I learn to love me and, yes. and, and identify with that first before I'm just like rushing out? And I yeah. think also um, something to, to know is that in my generation and the gender, everything is tangentially right there. Like you can go and get it, yeah. but I'd rather wait. I want to wait for it, right? Like, I'm waiting for it to come to me. Jesus is chasing after me. Why would I chase after that next thing? Let let me sit in this. Let me learn who I am. Yeah. That's good. good. I heard um, Bishop Jake say one time that so many people are busy trying to date everyone else that they forget to date themselves and learn who you are so that when you come into that place, you go, oh, actually, this is who I am in this situation. So I think that's incredible, really good advice. What would you guys say to the rest of us? What are we missing? What do we need in our foundations that we're neglecting? <laughs> I, I, I think it's a part of our story. Yeah. Is, is that I, I, I desired a sense to hear from God yeah. because we've made some radical turns in our ship. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned the places that we've been, but God has directed us in each one of those and those turns haven't been easy. Yeah. And and I'm glad to have. Uh, I, I steered the ship, but she kept it all together. Yeah. Otherwise, people would have fell off. Praise him. People would have Praise drowned. him. Yes. But, right. And I steered the ship pretty hard. <laughs> and so uh, uh, so so I, I think having an ear for God yeah. and a heart for God and doing things that even I thought were too much yeah yeah that I knew it was God and today it is no doubt in my mind that God was with us all the way yeah yes. come on so, so good. good that makes the difference um, for me let me speak to the to the to the wife woman side <laughs> of that whole thing because um, you know you can be spiritual and all of that but you have moments where you know you can look at your husband and go what are you yeah. talking about? Right. Especially when you think that you're in a place where, because what God does is God moves through us separately, but we're still one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, it is not about where he's taking us. It is about, did you, did God say this? Yeah. You know, was this from God? Yeah. Because ultimately we want to be where he needs us to be. Yeah. And it doesn't always feel like, in my head that's where we're supposed to be yeah yeah but the one thing that i do trust is his ear 
for God. And in that moment, it is not about, it's not about what I want. It's about what God wants and me getting me into a place where I am obedient and I say yes. That comes separately because God can talk to him all day long, but then God knows me as well. So God knows how to, and sometimes I may have to hear it and react, whatever I'm going to do. And then move me to the back yeah. and, and say, okay, now that you've gotten your little, you know, fit, now that you've said what you need to say, um, hear me. Yeah. And then it becomes about my personal relationship yeah. with yeah. God. Yeah. And are you going to be obedient to me and my word? Right. Because that's what you're resisting. It's, it's not your husband. Mm. It's resisting my word. And when I line up with his word, and I understand that this is God's word to him for us. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. That's, so good. That's really good. I would say um, ensure that our priorities are right. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, I never want to be her number one, and I never want to uh, the other way around, yeah. right? And so I ensure that God is always the number one, that yeah. uh, I'm not battling for that position. Yeah that I am a happy number two mm. and that I want her to be my number two as well. So making sure that that is prioritized, right? Yeah. And that as well as that, that our kids are not the same as our relationship. Yeah. Our kids right. are going to grow up and are going to leave our home and then we will be together. And I think it's important thank for us. You said thank God. Said, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's important to remember that we should be investing in our relationship yeah. outside of just our kids as well. That there is God, there is us, and then there is our kids. And that's yeah. the priorities that I think that God has given us. And I, I think that's such, like I want to talk maybe even a little bit about how we do that because I think that's a nice idea, right? But right. when you have little kids like we do right now, like they are all consuming. Yeah. All the time. All the time. They Always need everything. There. They need all your attention, blah, blah, blah. And then we see so many couples who get on the other side of that and go, oh my gosh, we've spent the last 15, 20 years going this direction. Yeah. And now the kids are in a phase where they're driving themselves and they're out or they've moved all the way out and we don't know each other anymore. So what are like really practically every week, what are some ways that we go, okay, the kids do not get to slide into slot number one. Yeah. So I I think it's important to make sure that you stay interesting and that you stay interested in the other person. Yeah. And one of the ways that you can do that just really, really easily is how was your day? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, we all do that at the end of the day. Like, how was your day? How, you know, what happened yeah. in your day? That kind of thing with your spouse or, spouse or significant other. But that helps you stay interested. And not just like, yeah, I'm scrolling on social media. Yeah. Hey, how was your day? But yeah. like, how was your day? What happened? Yeah. How did you feel about yeah. that? What did that make you think? Those yeah. types of things. Staying interested in the other person. I think that that... Um, that helps with all kinds of things. It helps with when your kids grow up and then leave the home. And then, yeah. like you said you don't know who your spouse is. You're like, yeah. we for 20 years, we have just been like ships passing in the night, yeah. not seeing yeah. each other, like hi, bye, dropping kids off at school and band and all those types of things. I keep looking at you because I'm guessing this is the season that y- y'all are in right now, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I speak to and, and see a lot of couples that are like this where they are empty nesters now and they're having to reignite their relationship because something died within right. their own relationship because they invested all their time yeah. and in their kids. And I want to, sorry, I'm going to cut you off just because I want to get really, so you alluded to like putting the phone down. I think that's such a great 
easy visual that says, oh my God, which we try to practice that we don't always nail because like, right, your spouse comes in and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm just checking these emails. I'm just checking on everyone else. And what my body language is saying to you is that everything else in the world is more important than you are to me right now. So that simple act of going, oh, my spouse is speaking to me. My friend is speaking to me right now. This other important relationship is speaking to me. I'm going to put this down visibly, put it away and give you my attention. All of a sudden your body language has gone from like, oh, you're kind of like maybe one of the things that I might give my attention to, to you matter to me and you val- I value you and this relationship yeah. means something. That is how we demonstrate our love for one another, right? That's not common practice right now. All of a sudden when people, when you go out and you go like, wow, that couple, neither of them is on their phone. Those two friends are literally just speaking to each other and right now. And right, and talking to each other. They're not letting the world interrupt in that. And then, so I don't take all the time, but I will say, because Phil's going to be kind and he's not going to bring it up, I am the less interesting spouse by default. I can get very singular in my focus, right? Like, I will come home and I'll be like, yeah, the kids did this and I went to work and like, that's what we're doing today. I don't, I don't have other things. So I've had to actively work at going what a boring person to bring to my spouse right now. I have nothing to offer. So as an act of love, I have had to actively go, okay, I need to make sure that I am finding interesting things to talk about. If you're in a relationship where one of you is extroverted and one of you is introverted, I can almost put money on the fact that the introverted spouse is the less interesting spouse naturally. We're just a little bit happier to like just sit back in our own world. So as a way of loving my spouse well, I go, okay, I need to read some stuff today that I can bring to our conversation. I need to check on what's going on in pop culture. I want to look at his agenda so that I can specifically ask him, not how was your day, but hey, I saw you had a meeting with so-and-so today. How was that? Oh, I know that you were getting lunch today with this person. Did you enjoy that lunch? Get really specific and interested in them, not just be happy to go like, ah, this is kind of all we've got, and this yep. is who I am, so I'm just going to kind of like hope yep. you love me for the rest of my life. And so a question just came in that I think speaks to this really well. The Great. question was, how do I guard against affairs? And yeah. I think that this is a fundamental way so that good. you can do this, yeah. right, to make sure that you stay interested in your spouse and that you stay interesting as a person. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not, right, if I'm not an interesting person, then that encourages my spouse to start looking elsewhere hmm. for interest, right? Their eyes start wandering, their interest starts wandering. It's not okay, like I'm not condoning it at all, but I'm just saying it encourages the person to go and look for something interesting. That's kind of how we're wired. And so making sure that you are staying interesting as a spouse and that you're staying interested yeah. in your spouse ensures that you will not lead to that down the line. Yeah. So I, I want to throw that around a little yeah. bit as well to maybe some of the other couples or Tony if you've got other advice as well how do you ensure that you guard against this this idea of affairs and not staying true to your spouse and purity in relationships those types of things um, I think that um, you know looking at it from the perspective um, what I want to make clear is you know we've been married for 34 years yeah that doesn't mean anything it does it doesn't when it comes to your eye can still wander yeah. so i am not um you know i know without a doubt that my husband loves me i i, I know that i know that but that does not give me an excuse yeah. to just not be interesting yeah. and not right. not yeah. come to him 
And hopefully he remembers that person that, you know, those reasons that he was attracted to me in the first place. Yeah. But I would say that because we are in, um, you know, we are vested. That's what we say. We are vested. Yeah, I like that. Um, but it is for, for, I think for me, it is connectivity. Yeah. So how do we connect? Because, and, I, and, and I'll, I'll explain that. When we are connected on a spiritual level, when we are connected emotionally, then um, that brings a sense of, of safety and security. And, um, and it's an intimacy and it's vulnerability. And if I can't have that with him, yeah, and right. that is my need, yeah. if I don't get that from him, right. your mind, you will automatically Start turn to where it appears whether it's intentionally or not, yeah. you know, if, if I, and it's all about to knowing your spouse, right. yeah. get to know your spouse and what he knew about me 10 years ago may not be the same, but when you, when, when he shows me that he is connected and it, it may be something as simple as, um, standing in front of me and, and looking me in my eye. Yeah. You know, that right. is a point of intimacy that I may desire from him that and that's where I want it. That, that's where I want it. But if there is a need that I have and he's not meeting that need, then it's not that I'm looking for someone somewhere else. But you have to remember that, um, you know, there are a lot of traps and snares mm. out there. And don't and do, and do not don't do not do not underestimate the fact that someone else is always looking. Yes, right. yeah. Somebody looking. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. don't think that just because your spouse that you got it, mm, somebody is always looking. So right. as a spouse, it is my job to communicate with him what my needs are Great. and to say, you know, I'm, I feel like we're a little bit disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's my role to to express that and I cannot under just because he, we have been together that long it does not mean that he can read my mind right. yeah. and everything that's going on in my mind so it's my role to communicate my need to him and then it's his role to respond yeah. Yeah. and so and I think that you know that is that's really pertinent because when we are together and when we are connected in that way I'm not looking for yeah. any of the, I mean, cause, yeah. cause I'm full, yeah. I'm full. So there's no, and even if it comes, I don't even recognize it because I'm getting it here, yeah. which is where I want it. That's so good. A kind of a quick thought that I had also, yeah. that. thank you, Andrew, is that I told you, we, I've made many hard turns. Yeah. One turn that I made was to quit my job that I was getting paid six figures for and tell my wife that God has sent me to go preach the gospel. She's still in recovery, I can yes. see. <laughs> and I quickly, I quickly, so all of these hard turns over yeah. many years, she's been right there. Yeah. And as I said before, she's kept everybody on the ship. Yeah. So that no, none suffered, right? And so I, I'm so thankful for that, and it also shows me that she loves, that's, to me, that's what love is. Yeah. yeah. Right. To me, that's what, and so I always say that when somebody else comes around, yeah. and they do come around, yeah. when they come around, you you won't you won't stay in one of those hard turns. You really don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. You you see something on uh, from an appearance. Yeah. From me being in a certain place or a certain statue or a, yeah. being yeah. a doctor or whatever right. it might be, 
you see something that you really don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. And uh, but you, I, many of many of which wouldn't be able to take those turns. Yeah. And so it 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 is. I know that she loves me and she cares and and she's my one because she's been there and will always be there. Yeah, that's so good. I love, I love that. I love how Ephesians says, uh, husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands. Yeah. And not to gender stereotype it, but Paul said that. So it gives us a look at how we are to interact one another. If I'm not loving her and she's not respecting me, there's a disconnect there mm. because we both have not like only physical needs, but emotional needs, spiritual yeah. needs, and all yeah. sort of things like that. Um, and I can't fulfill everything for her. Like that's why we have friends and community and people. Yeah. But um, she can't get that love from anybody else except from me. But yeah. I can't get that respect from any other girl other than her. Yeah. And so it's about realizing that anybody who's married is susceptible to affairs. Anybody yeah. who's married, you know, the moment you're married to the before you die, it's like. At any point, it can happen. So staying uh, submitted to her and she's yeah. submitted to me yeah. like Christ is to the church. I think you hit on something really good that I'd like to circle, Tony, to you, at, which is that, I mean, we ultimately we're searching for emptiness, right? We're, right. we're for, to fill empty places that we should right. be finding in God. And that's so how good. any temptation comes into our life. I think that's why things like, you know, um, like abstinence and like preparing and, and all of the things that we do inside and outside of marriage are, are preparing us to say, actually, I live a life that's devoted to God on, yeah. on wherever, whatever season of life I find myself in. So what ways do you find that you fill yourself yeah. with the right things yeah. to help prevent from running after the wrong things? Yeah. And to cap on everybody here first, before I go into that, it's about being intentionally how I show up first, yeah. right? Like, so I learned myself, I, I studied myself and I'm preparing myself to show up for the next thing, which is a relationship. But I must line myself up with the relationship with God first. Yeah. My relationship with God is going to mimic or imitate what I want in my relationship with my spouse, my friends, my significant other, whatever that has, yeah. whatever is out there. I'm, yeah. I'm preparing. And then as I step into that, you guys just talked about being intentional. Yeah. Now you've prepared don't get lazy. Be intentional, right? Yeah. Like, I'm interesting. I'm interested. I am focused on my relationship. I'm working the curve. Whatever it is, we're intentional. And we're intentional. So that's that part. But preparing myself the way I feel myself, I'm feeling myself with the love of God. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm studying what that means. What does the love of God look, feel, that peace that passes all understanding? How do I, how do I feel? I'm wrapped in a blanket. What does that look, feel like from God? I'm feeling myself with the atmosphere of Christ when I step into church. I'm already in it. I'm, I'm setting the atmosphere when I'm up here and the band is playing and I'm like, no, mm. The feeling of Christ is upon me to push that back out to somebody else, yeah. but let me feel it in here so that I don't search for it anywhere else. Yeah. I can't give you what I don't already have. Yeah. And so it's important for me to make sure that I'm feeling it for myself. And then on top of that, I am in my word, but I'm in community. 
I am in my word, but I am in community. So it is important. When Tracy sends out something about crew group, I'm in it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm feeling the atmosphere from somebody else, and I'm talking to people. I'm making sure I am I am connected to somebody else because I know the question is going to come up about loneliness. That connectivity is going to help me, yeah. and it's going to sustain me. Yeah. So I'm not seeking it on a website, on a dating app, on somebody something else. Right. I'm already feeling it. I'm engaged. Good. I'm already there. I have a friend. I can call. I have numerous people in the house of God right here I can call. I'm already set. I'm yeah. set up. Yeah. Set yourself up. Yeah. Don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think let's just go there because you alluded to it, right? We've just gone, we're still in, but we especially went through a season in the pandemic when we're at home where we're still dealing with not being able to do all of the social things that we've done. So all of us, I think, have faced the, the idea and the feeling of loneliness in some way. That has been especially true for people who are single during this season, right? Who aren't going home to other people or don't have that built-in system. But also knowing that that singleness is something that scripture honors, that God honors, that says like, right, this is a either something, a lifelong thing that I've called you to, to be committed to before God, or it's a season that I've called you to, to be prepared intentionally for whatever I have for you next. So how do you fight off loneliness? How do you guard yourself against loneliness in the middle of that? First, we have to identify that loneliness is not unique to anybody's experience, right? Like, again, another taboo word where we're like, oh, I'm lonely, and we don't feel like we could tell anybody. We're recluse. We don't want to do anything. We're just going to feel it, and that's a gateway to other things, depression, anxiety. Other things start to climb in, so when we start to identify what loneliness feels like, start to set up your tools. For me, I've already had tools set in place. I have a mother. Hey, Mom. She's watching online. Hi, Mom. Yes. <laughs> Drop in the chat. Hey, girl. Yes. Um, but I have a mother who checks in on me daily. Great. I have a mother who I'm blessed to have that relationship with. Um, I have a, a, a father who checks in on me also. My uh, nieces and nephews up from the great state of Michigan all call me. I'm physically, virtually connected to them. And so I have a community. Yeah. I've right. identified my community. Yeah. Yeah. But then on top of that, I have a church community. Right. Yeah. Right. I have people that I'm tied to here. We've checked in on each other throughout the pandemic. Right. I, I, I serve in the choir or in the worship team. And so there are times where my crew group will yeah. even connect in that way. Like there are things that are already tangentially set up for me to succeed. And then I pray myself out of that. I go up and I dance and it is okay to dance by yes. yourself. Sure. Come on. Thank you. I do. I does a nice little shuffle, little step to the side. Okay, <laughs> by myself, yes. it is okay yeah. because that is going to get me out of worship yourself yeah. out of good. that place. Good. Stop so good. being in that place. Like if you feel it and it starts to sit on top of you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm lonely now. And that's a, the weirdest, worst feeling. And it, again, is a gateway yeah. to get you into a place where you no longer feel valued. Yeah. 
you no longer feel like you have someone to call on, but you have a lot of people to call on. And if it isn't the next person, if it isn't the person tied to you, there is a God who loves you. We just sang a song that says, oh, how he loves me. Start to pray. Speak to him. Call him out. God, I need you. I want you. I desire you. And he's going to start to feel that void, Mm -hmm. those empty things inside of you so that you no longer feel that anymore. And then you're going to get up and you're going to put on your worship music and you're going to dance like David danced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shuffle to the side. I love it. Christian, you look like you're eager to jump in. No, not really. I was just oh, really, just really just feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Stoked. All right, yes. so I want to spend the next yeah. couple of moments talking about conflict because conflict is something that happens everywhere, right? It happens yeah, in relationships, happens in friendships, happens in the workplace, it happens with your kids. Mm-hmm. Conflict is something that can be healthy, right? It's important yeah. that we do it healthy. Yeah. It's important that we know why it happens, how to get out of it once we've entered into it in a way that doesn't re- disrespect the person that we're talking to. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the last conflict that we had uh, which we didn't this even talk morning? about. This no, tra- no, we didn't have any conflict this morning, actually. No, we've been good today. <laughs> Valentine's Day, we're good. Right? Yes. No, but I think it was a few days ago, and it really came out of nowhere. We were talking, it was in the evening, we're getting ready to go to bed, and uh, Meredith had thawed these steaks out that we didn't end up using for dinner, and so we're getting ready to put it in the fridge, and so I'm trying yeah. to be interesting, and yeah. so I shared with her a fact that it's important, I, and so I said to her, hey, um, did you know that it's important when you've got raw meat that you put it on the bottom of the refrigerator so that it doesn't drip any of the juice, of the juice <laughs> or the, the blood down onto other things? Right? It's, it's an safety. important food, food safety, safety training. is important, so I'm trying to be interesting with her. Yep. And she just shut it down. Like she did not even care. I wouldn't say that I shut it down. No, she said, uh, you've already told me that before, right? I feel like that wasn't the tone, but carry on. Yeah. Well, that's how it was. And this is how conflict begins. So, I mean, this... Yeah quite honestly, became conflict over, like, where do you place... No, it wasn't even about that. What I'm trying to say is that became conflict in our relationship because what I realized was I was upset about something from earlier in the day, and we hadn't resolved this, and so this just became a symptom of something about Mm. the fact that I was upset from earlier, right? And so it's important for me. The thing that I would say about conflict is be aware that you're probably not arguing about the thing that's truly upsetting yeah. to you, yeah. right? That you're, that you're arguing about like something else that's deeper and it's important to step back and to think about what is so upsetting to me about this? Because yeah. this is a yeah. small thing and it shouldn't impact me in this type of way. So why is this so upsetting to me? Yeah. There's probably something underlying that hasn't been dealt with over time. And I think in that, then you have to be able to, as the other person in that argument, right? If if you're in an argument, so in that, he goes, okay, wait, I'm actually not upset about the meat. I'm not upset about the way you responded. Earlier when this happened, I'm still upset about that. That's what I'm upset about. In the middle of an argument, when you're the other person, you're like, well, okay, now I, now I have to transition. Now I have to pivot because I'm still annoyed that you just got so upset about right. some meat in the fridge, but actually... It is important <laughs> on where it goes. <laughs> But now I have to pivot and go, oh, okay, I can't remember what the other thing was. I feel like that would help. But anyway, what the real thing was, I don't remember now. 
Um, you know, and pivot in the middle of the conversation and go, oh, okay, we're, we're going to go to the real thing. I'm not going to oh, stay here with this. I'm going to go. The drawers. She's great at That's opening drawers, but she's not as great at closing drawers <laughs> when she's gotten the thing out of the drawer. That was the thing that I was really upset about. I don't know what close it was. Close the drawers. I get you. <laughs> Put the meat at the bottom and close the drawers, and I'm a happy spouse. That's Good advice, everybody. Close your drawers. Right. That's it. That's it right there. Marriage saved. Close your drawers. There, it is. there will always be one drawer open spouse and one drawer closed spouse. Yeah, but going to that real thing and saying, hey, we're really, we need to talk about this and finding a way to like resolve that. Yeah. I was thinking though about ongoing conflict. Mm. And, and maybe you guys can speak to this. Sometimes you have things that you can solve in a conversation. We found being married for a few more years, sometimes you have things that Yes, you want to resolve them, but you also have to go, we don't see eye to eye on this still, and, and we just need to leave it sit for a minute and let the Holy Spirit work on it and say, we're committed to each other, but, but we don't know that we have that solved yet. How do you work that dynamic in a relationship? So I felt that we're different. We're, we're yeah. vastly different. And it's those differences that actually, I, I'm better because of those differences, and yeah. she's better yeah. overall because of the one thing that I learned is, first of all, Fred, you're, you, you know, you've been called by God, and, and you're a doctor. You're Dr. Yeah. Coleman, but you don't know everything. Mm. When I go into a situation, I, I come up with, this is the, an this is the right answer. Yeah. Right. Not yeah, just yeah. the answer. Yeah, this yeah. Is the, this, and, and sometimes I'll put a stamp of, this is God's answer. Uh-oh. That, there's no doubt about it at all. Where's she supposed to in do that? Any, right. any other answer that's other than that one that lined up in my spirit is wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. What I learned over 34 years is that there is more than one perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That has yeah. solved most of my life's problems. Yeah. Yeah. With, I'll, I'll say this one thing. The first argument that I remember, and again, she has a completely different perspective, yeah, yeah. was seven years into our marriage because she wanted the divorce. Wow. It was the D word. Yeah. And ultimately, after I pulled back and I said, let me look at her side wow. of this issue, because yeah. I only saw my side of it. Yeah. When I stepped back to look at her side of it, God spoke to me, you are the head of the house. Yeah. And you ought to treat your spouse as God loved the church right. and gave himself for it. Wow. And I changed my perspective on a 50-50 marriage from that day forward wow. to 100% nothing. If, if it appeared to me that she wasn't doing anything, yeah. I'm still committed to do 100% That's because so I'm fighting for so my marriage. Good. Right. So good. I'm going to fight till the fight's already over. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to lose. Yeah. Coleman's don't lose. Come on. Coleman's don't yeah. lose. All we do I, is we, win. All we do, all is, we win. do hey, is win. What a time. I love what you said about perspective because um, the way we see someone, and it's not even just in marriage, it's in relationships, yeah. it's uh, politically, it's, it's all sorts yes. of different things. Right. Um, people from different races or religions yeah. or anything. I can either see you as the problem or I can see the problem and also see you. Yeah. And I don't, I just want to win you. I'm not trying to win the problem. Yeah. I'm not trying, like you said, to get the right answer. But if I don't change that perspective of there's something in between us, that, that doesn't mean that you're the issue. It means that there's something 
between us that is the issue and we need to come together and look at the problem yeah. together right. and solve really that good. with the right answer. Yeah, right? that's so good. And may, may I add something to that? Yeah. From, from um, you know, when Fred and I first started, you know, we, don't, we didn't even use the term dating because dating implied that you had money and you go eat and people pay <laughs> right. for stuff. That wasn't our life. That was not us. Our, so we hung out, yes. okay. you know. Okay. You know, we may have ended up at, at the time it was called, if you, anybody knows what an Easy Mart is? Yeah, yeah. We went to Easy Mart, bought a honey, bought each bought a honey bun, warmed it up at the microwave there because we yes. didn't have a microwave. And that was our romantical Come on. trip. <laughs> but that was the old honey bun thing. But um, it really wasn't about that. It was the conversation and, and the getting to yeah. know you. Yeah. Um, at seven years, and I thought, oh my gosh, there is a seven year thing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But from my perspective, it's because when I entered, entered into marriage, um, when things bothered me, I just shrugged them away didn't realize that they were still there. So good. And after a while, you get it, 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 whatever that pot is, if, if you're not emptying the pot with whatever it is, if you're not emptying it, it's going to fill up. And when it spills over, it's over. Yeah. So for me, it was, um, you know, and I, and I speak to the people who, or speak specifically to the women who, um, I grew up as an independent person, mm. and we had two small children, and I found myself a stay-at-home mom, and I didn't like it. Mm. And that was um, hard yeah. for me to admit, because in the world around us, it was, you, you know, you're really blessed if you're a stay-at-home mom, yeah. and you should be so privileged that you're home with your children, and all. I didn't feel that way. Yeah. And I was angry and I was frustrated and I was embarrassed that I felt that way, wow. but I didn't know where to put it. Wow. And because I was now at home, not feeling like I was contributing in, in, to any way to the marriage, to the point where I looked my husband in his face and said, why am I even here? Wow. And I did say, he was like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean why you're here? You're, 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 you know, you're doing all these things. And I said, yeah, yeah you can pay somebody to do that. Wow. That's how I felt. Yeah. That's how I felt. And that's what's real. Yeah. And until we get real with how we feel, yeah. we, we can't yes. and not excuse it away. So then, good. then we can know how to deal with it. Yeah. But for us to get, for me to get to that point, I just looked at him and said, I am miserable. Yeah. And I can be miserable all by myself. Yeah. I don't need your help to be miserable. And I know if I'm miserable, I know I have to pass that along to you. Wow. So I shut down. And when I shut down, that was it. I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, thir I'm, I'm how this old, years old, still got some life in me. I go home, live with my mom for a while. And I had it out. I had, yeah, I had yeah, it. Yeah. And, I, and what was so scary is I wasn't even mad. Now that was scary. Yeah. I wasn't even upset. My voice was calm. I remember we just had this argument. It wasn't a real, real argument, but it was the last straw. And I was like, you know, you're right. Seven years of it, I don't see it getting any better. Yeah. And I remember we were in the bed. I got up and I just started washing dishes. And he came and started talking. And at that point it was, okay, I don't care anymore about feelings. Yeah. Let me just tell you, 
what you're saying, bull. It's, it's not even, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You tell me the truth. You tell me the truth. Now, fast forward. Because when, at the time, he was praying and God was working on him, God was working on me. Because to excuse all that that away, you can be in a marriage and be lonely, but your loneliness is not necessarily tied to your husband. Yeah, Yeah. that's so good. I was expecting my husband to be my God. Yeah. Because I thought it was his role to make me happy. And when I prayed and and asked God, and and just to be honest, you know, I pray God, God, fix him. You know, you know what I like? Fix him. Yeah. You know, right. just, you know what I want. Just fix right. him. That's Give what, me the desires of my heart. Right. I was like, That's scriptural. I was like, fix him. He already, you, you know. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to pray because you know it. Fix him. Yeah. And it, it'll be good. But when you are walking with God, yeah. when you are, oh, thank you, Jesus. When you are walking with God and you get to the place to where you say, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. God, show me me. Yeah. Show me yeah. me. Yeah. Show me yeah. me. And then it comes to, well, you know what? You may be the problem. You know, it's not all your husband. And what I did it's discover. It's so rude when Jesus talks to you like I, that. You know, it's real. And I it's know. real. And, that's, and, you know, and there are times when you may question who it is. <laughs> I did not question. Yeah. I knew it was his voice. And what he said was, had nothing to do with him. Yeah. What he said was, you have moved your husband into my spot. Come on, it goes right back here. Wow. You have moved him as your God. Come on. And I don't like that. Wow. And until you reverse it, until you seek me and the things of me, you will always have this problem. Wow. Until you line yourself up and submit to me. Yeah. Everything else will, rule, will come together. I was out of alignment. Yeah. I was out of line. Yeah. And once I understood that, God said, do you want your marriage? Yeah. And y'all know about pride. Yeah, yeah. Pride said, huh, well, yeah, you know, I want, no, it's, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. that's a yes or no. Yeah. Do you want your marriage? Wow. So good. And I said, yes. Yes. And when I said yes, what I then had to do is humble. Yeah. yeah. Humble myself. Yeah. Because you can say yes and still be shut down. I was still shut down. Yeah. But it was, oh, it was like instantaneous. And I didn't know that he was praying as well. Come on. It was almost like instant. And it was scary because I'm like, did you hear me talking to God? You know, because he came in immediately and started doing those things that I needed. Yeah. yeah. And then self and flesh said, what are you doing it now for? And so, right. you know, and then here comes the voice that says, this is what you said you wanted. Yeah. You have to meet him yeah. halfway. Yeah. You, you've got to do your part too. So you've got good. to humble. So you've got to let that go. Let me deal with that. Yeah. So and you've good. got to meet him because he's trying. And once I submitted, see, it's not about submitting to him. It was me submitting yeah. to God. Come on. And once I submitted to God, he, it automatically lined up. Yeah. It automatically lined up so much so that we were so much better yes. afterward. We yes. were so much better. 
so in, 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 that's a long way of, of saying that. So you still God. have to work on yourself in your own personal relationship yes, with God outside of your marriage and your husband because he is an individual. I've got to, to submit myself. And once I continually submit myself to Christ, it's easier then to see where God is taking him. So and when God, wherever, I was like, we, we're a team. team yes. We're a team. So what do you need from me? Yeah. We, we, we're doing this, and we've had many transitions. Yes. We have, we've had many transitions. And it's knowing what my role is in that transition. Yeah. yeah. So That's again, so God told me to fight 100% right. zero. If, that, if I felt that way, yeah. and I was fighting for Angela Coleman, I was fighting for Lauren Coleman. I was fighting for Rachel Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. I was fighting for Taylor Coleman. Yeah. I was fighting for Joshua Coleman. Yeah. I was fighting for... Uh, uh, Christina. Uh, Christina. That's our baby, right? <laughs> I was fighting for Christina. And, and I knew that God had placed in me a desire yeah. Yeah. to, to yes. make this thing work. Yeah. Whatever it took. Wow. Yeah. I love I love, oh, my gosh. There's so many good things in that. And I hope you guys caught all of the things that they said about being submitted to God first, about yeah. going to God about, okay, who am I? Not, not what is my spouse doing. But the thing I don't want anyone to miss is that they started off telling us that they've been married for 34 years years yeah. right and what to be honest I didn't know that part of your story that at year seven they were like I don't know if this thing is going to make it anymore yeah. right this we, we are seriously looking at divorce and that does not mean that it was a bad week no. right it took yeah. a little bit of extended hardship to get to that point and I know statistically I know and I know because we've been having conversations that as we said, you know what, one of the things that God's put on our heart for this year is to see healthy, godly yes. marriages standing up in this church, that the other side of that has become true. We have been in lots of conversations, and I'm so thankful for them, where couples have said, you know what, I just need to let you know that at home, things are not as good as you probably think that they are on a Sunday, right? And that's not disheartening to me because it means that God is bringing some things up that he yeah. is about to heal so yes. many relationships. And if that is your situation, I want you to hear what they said, that it has been 34 years, that the good years have far outweighed the difficult times, that the, the, the blessing and the abundance has been so much greater than the hardship that God walked them through. And if that is where you find yourself, lean into the love of God, lean in to the goodness of God, lean into the yeah. community that Tony was talking about and find that healing and that hope and that wholeness right there in his love. I want to go back to where actually what Tony was reading earlier in Romans 8, starting in Romans 8, 35, because we're in a series called All I Do Is Win, yeah. right? Yeah. Romans 8, 35 starts out, Romans 8 and 35, sorry, let me slow down, I'm so excited, starts out like this. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long and are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us because of his love. 
For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, that covers everything, will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That we are more than conquerors through that love. It is the very nature of God to be love. It says that he is love, not that he possesses it, not that he holds it, that he is love. It is his very nature and his very being to be our love. It is the center of our Christian virtue. It is the pinnacle of our Christian life to be love. It says in the end, the greatest of these is love. I don't want you to get lost on that. Valentine's Day, thinking that love looks like a tiny baby flying around with a little bow and arrow and some flowers and some chocolates. No, the love of Christ is the kind of love that makes us more than conquerors in the midst of every hardship that you might face, in the midst of every trial that you might be facing, in the midst of every difficult season. It is His love that rises up on the inside of you and says, there is a strength for this moment. There is an endurance for this moment. There is an answer right here in the middle of this moment. So if you find yourself in hardship in your relationship, if you find yourself in economic hardship, if you find yourself lost in the middle of a pandemic, you are not lost. You are not too far. There is no height, no depth, no distance, no separation that can keep you from his everlasting love. It is the love that has been outpoured for generation on generation on generation and maybe you too have hit your seven-year slump or maybe you have hit a 15-year impasse maybe you're looking around saying I don't know what's going on in our home anymore or the friendship that I thought was going to endure with me I can't quite find the grip for it anymore there is a love that can be found for you only in Christ Jesus and it will walk with you in every season. It is the love that conquers all. And before we leave today, I just want to take a chance, an opportunity to pray with you. If you've never found that everlasting love in your life, if you've never accepted the all-enduring, all-encompassing, all-powerful love of Christ Jesus, We're all going to pray a prayer today, and I want you to have the chance to accept. He said he gave his love to us as a gift. And the thing about gifts is you have to accept it. I can resist a gift if I want to. I can stand there and look at it and not make any motion if I want to. But as soon as I accept that gift, it becomes mine. And Jesus has for you an everlasting love that will walk through with you through every hardship. So if you're in the room, I would love for you to stand with me. If you're at home, lean in, maybe stand in if you can. Because all together, we're just going to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer for God to enter into hearts to accept his love. So repeat after me. Say, dear God, I thank you for your love. For your everlasting love for your saving love I know there's nothing I did to earn it and that I don't deserve it 
but I'm grateful for it. So today, I accept your love into my life. And I thank you that I am a child of God. And I want to walk after you. And I want to share that love with everyone I meet. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Come on, church. I know that some people prayed that prayer today for the first time. Some of you prayed that prayer maybe for the first time in a long time.